Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 694, Using Food Tracking to Destroy Weight Loss Plateaus by Rachel Trotta of racheltrotta.com and I'm Dr. Neil. Happy Thursday and welcome back to Optimal Health Daily where I simply read to you every weekday for free. It's kind of like an audiobook, but from many different authors. And then on Fridays, I do something a little different. I answer your questions that you sent in. And now let's get right to today's post and start optimizing your life. Using Food Tracking to Destroy Weight Loss Plateaus by Rachel Trotta of racheltrotta.com. I normally have an injury prevention focus in my writing, but for once, I want to focus on actual weight loss. In my upcoming book, Injury Proof, Building an Invincible Core, I actually tackle the idea of obesity getting too much blame for back pain. I want to address that first. Quote, if you think about people with back or knee pain, what is most likely the instinctive image that comes to mind besides an older person? Probably someone overweight. The most common advice for people struggling with joint issues involves weight management, taking the pressure of gravity off of the joints in order to find relief. Traction, despite having little to no scientific support for effectiveness, persists as a folk and infomercial remedy for back pain, operating under the traditional assumption that the pressure of gravity is what does the most damage to joints. Is there truth to the correlation between obesity and degenerative joint disease and osteoarthritis? Absolutely. I would be irresponsible as a health and fitness professional if I did not emphasize that maintaining an ideal weight specific to the individual is crucial for overall optimal functioning. Osteoarthritis is a legitimate condition in which years of obesity wear down on the joints, especially vulnerable points in the knees and lower back. People who carry too much weight on their frames can experience serious alignment issues in posture due to the body's imbalance, and ligaments throughout the body can suffer tremendously. Additionally, inappropriate excess weight has an inflammatory effect on joints throughout the body, including non-weight-bearing areas such as the hands. However, blaming weight is not the whole story. Our culture has experienced for decades a visceral fear of fat, but the reality is often much more complex. While back and knee pain often do affect people who carry excess weight, the truth is that highly active people at medically healthy weights, even very lean people, also can experience back and other joint pain and ligament injuries. How do we explain their maladies? Because the magnifying glass is often shifted away from thin people, many in-shape individuals are baffled by their own stiffness, joint pain, and mobility issues, 
and do not know how to address it. End quote. There's no doubt that there's a correlation between obesity and conditions like osteoarthritis, degenerative joint disease, coronary heart disease, and more. If you take all of our cultural body dysmorphia and fear of fat out of the picture, it's clear that we have an overdependence on sedentary lifestyles, processed food, and high-paced schedules that shortchange sleep. The bottom line is, yes, love your body, but love it through action by doing your best to support its thriving at medically healthy levels. Have you been trying to lose weight but have hit a plateau? You're doing, let's say, everything right, but the needle stays stuck on the scale. Here's where food tracking comes in. The secret is that you probably eat more than you think. Small snacks, condiments, and side dishes add up quickly. 200 calories here, 100 calories there, and you're up to an almost meal. Food tracking can be done on paper or with a helpful app like MyFitnessPal. I live this advice for myself. Anytime I feel stuck in my fitness or performance, I know it's time to take a look at my actual eating. Not what I think I eat, but what I actually put in my mouth throughout each day. The results of food tracking are always more than a little surprising. I always find that I have gotten a little off track, a little more habitually permissive, and keeping track of what I eat helps me to refocus on my fitness goals. If you've read any of my other blog posts, you probably know that I'm not a big fan of weighing yourself or counting calories. I'm not contradicting myself with this post because here are the following tips that I would use while food tracking in order to avoid obsessive calorie counting and shame-inducing behaviors. One, skip the scale. If you're making good decisions with your food, why weigh yourself? You know you're making progress when your clothes feel different and you feel better. If you feel the need to weigh yourself, try to limit yourself to once every two weeks or once a month. Weighing yourself is not necessary to track progress. Two, Focus more on macronutrients, fiber, and sugar than on actual calories. While calories are a reliable indicator of total caloric intake and expenditure when it comes to exercise, it's important to remember that not all calories are created equal. Focus on getting enough protein and fiber, as well as cutting sugars as much as possible. Don't forget to mind your carbohydrate and saturated fat intake too. And three, focus on exercise that is fun and feels good while getting your heart rate up. Concentrate on simply moving it and avoiding perfectionism with exercise. Aim for at least 30 minutes of exercise a day, varying your routine daily between cardiovascular endurance exercise, cardiovascular interval sprints, body weight strength training, and resistance strength training. But the key is to pick something you like and keep it varied. You just listened to the post titled, Using Food Tracking to Destroy Weight Loss Plateaus by Rachel Trotta of racheltrotta.com. Dr. Neil again here for my commentary. Rachel's absolutely right in that we used to think for the longest time that those that were overweight or obese were more likely to get arthritis just because of that extra weight that they're carrying every day. But we're finding that with carrying excess weight, there's this risk for systemic inflammation. So when we carry excess weight, the body as a whole is under stress. And like I've said on this show many times before, when the body is under stress, and this goes on for a long time, the body starts to degenerate. And this degeneration can occur at the joints, which can lead to arthritis. Now, when we're going through the process of losing some body weight, we will hit a plateau. It happens to everybody. And when that happens, I always tell patients to go back to tracking what they eat. Why does that work so well? Well, think about this. Imagine you were forced today 
to write down every single thing you ate or drank before you even reach for that soda or glass of water or salad or basket of fries. You will think twice. So no matter what you end up putting in your mouth, you will have this moment where you pause and say, wait a minute, I'm gonna have to track this. Do I really wanna eat this right now? So right there, it automatically changes your behavior. Second, if you do go through with it, you're gonna become more aware of how much you're actually eating. It forces you to think about, ooh, how many sodas have I had today? Or how large was my bowl of rice with dinner? So again, that presents another moment where we have to think twice not only about the types of foods we're consuming, that was the first part, but now, how much we're consuming. This is why it's such a magical tool for getting us back on track and usually helping us break through that plateau. Now, just doing this for one day doesn't seem to help. This really needs to be done for, I would say, a minimum of two weeks and do this every day. Don't skip weekends because, of course, we eat very differently on weekends. Now, the same rule can apply with really anything else. So if you hit a plateau with your exercise, start tracking it because now you're gonna have to write down what exercises you did for how long. You can even write down how you felt afterwards, were you sore or not? And that process will force you to think, ooh, do I need to add variety here? Should I maybe have run sprints today because I've been doing a lot of just this long distance running lately? Oh, I've been doing a lot of body weight exercise. Maybe I need to add some actual weight. Those are the things that will help you break through that plateau. All right, that'll do it for today. I hope you have a great rest of your Thursday. I'll see you back here tomorrow for the usual Friday Q&A and where your optimal life awaits.